Hey, y'all, East Coast Ed here. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can be a monthly supporter for as little as 99 cents a month. This podcast will always be free, but if you help Matt and I out for future episodes, supporters will be shouted out on the show, and large supporters will be randomly selected to do predictions for a big pay-per-view event in the future. So please click the support tab and enjoy the show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, along with my co-host, Ed Carbajal, and on a weekly basis, we plan to bring you the biggest news and interviews in the world of combat sports. Ed, how you doing, my man? Horrible. Fucking horrible. <laughs> yeah, we... uh sad, we'll sad day in MMA right now. Oh, it's not that bad, but uh, I can imagine being a New York fan and and getting some of the news that we're gonna we're gonna get into here uh, shortly. Um, so this week we're just gonna kind of be uh, shooting everything uh, in the world of MMA right now. Uh, the the events of last weekend, uh, the upcoming event, uh, big UFC mega fight, and uh, we're joined by uh, my buddy uh, Yuri Thompson. Uh, member of the uh, MMACommunity.com forum, uh, Spark Yuri on there. Um, one of my good uh, MMA buddies and uh, somebody who travels around the country with me when I when I go to my fights. So uh, great to have you on, Yuri. Thanks for joining us. No problem. Well, thanks for having me. So uh, you know, we'll jump right into it. One of the uh, one of the reasons we brought you on is uh, you were there uh, live front and center uh, for the big uh, Bellator 206 event this past weekend. Uh, the Musashi versus uh, McDonald card. Um, why don't you tell us uh, about that experience? Uh, obviously, the fans can see your wall in the back. You're a big uh, Bellator and Scott Coker <laughs> fan. Uh, how, how was it? I thought it was great. Um, you know, I've been to uh, quite a few Bellators, and, and we have. Um, you know, it's it's something else. You know, you go back to the kind of when the, the transition was happening from the UFC back in the day where – uh, you know, we started getting from the 30s, 40s, 50s and on, and it just blew up and exploded. And that's the feeling you get here where people are still accessible and, and uh, you're able to enjoy pretty awesome experience. Uh, the arena itself, just on fire. And, and it reminded me of uh, Bellator, was it Chicago? I was there in, uh, what, 198? Electric, just electric. And uh, the, the production and the showmanship and uh, just the, the general atmosphere and feel was fantastic. What was, was uh, what was uh, the when uh, Rampage and, and Wanderlei, uh, uh, when that outcome happened, how did the crowd react in the arena? Because uh, I'm one of the few people that uh, I didn't I didn't sign up for the zone to watch it. But the highlights I saw, it looked like uh, I mean, it really felt it almost felt like watching like uh like a pride event or something, the way the, 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 the production value and everything looked. Yeah. And the funny thing about that is, is, you know, you know, when you, when you're scattered around the MMA community all over the place, you know, the blogs, the uh, different forms and everything, you, you always get that kind of uh, negative crowd. That's like, Oh boy, these are just two, two guys past their prime. They need to retire. They've had enough, hang them up. And I've always been that guy that says, let these guys fight. If they want to fight, let them fight. Oh, they yeah. still got it in them, and during that moment, when they came out, you know, and you've got Vanderlei stuff going, oh man, that's all you needed. 
And uh, from there on out, it was, man, that crowd just got pumped. And then Rampage came out with the chains going and, and all of that. That whole spirit just lifted. And then during that fight, it was just like the old days. So yeah. hopefully, I, I'm going to say hopefully, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a fifth. And I, I'm not lying. I, I, would, I would watch that. But, uh, man, when those fists were flying, that whole crowd was up. And uh, it was just like the old days. Well, Silva said he wanted to do it again, actually, uh, after in the post-fight press conference. So that's that's interesting that that uh, a fan like yourself would want to see a fifth. I mean, in all honesty, like I I'm I am one of those guys. I mean, I think all three of us are one of those guys that we, every time we hear about legends, quote unquote legends, because they call them legends, they seem to call the older guys legends uh, when they're going to fight. Um, it's like people people do want to kind of like knock it down a bit, but they still tune in because it's still you know what they bring to the table, and it's definitely something that um like uh I, I wouldn't mind seeing again either. I mean I, I'm I'm actually as much as people are talking junk about uh uh like Liddell Ortiz, I don't mind that fight. I'll I'll watch them throw down again. You know if if they're both healthy enough and they're cleared by doctors to do it, why the hell not? Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Um, you know, all those guys that are saying, ah, you know, Liddell Ortiz, I'm, no, please hang them up. But they're going to watch and we're all going to watch and we're curious to know, you know, and if they want to fight, let them fight. You know, and I know you remember back in, uh, you know, Shockwave, you know, you, you watched Helio walking up uh, 2002 and light that torch. And uh, that was with Anoki. And that was just an incredible moment. And afterwards, he was interviewed, and uh, he said, you still want to fight? He's, this guy's 90 years old or something. He says, hey, you know, you, you bring in my size, and I'll do it. He's <laughs> 90 years old. Say, hey, would I not watch? You know, of course I'm going to watch that. You know, so, um, but yeah, super curious. And, and uh, as far as Bellator goes, and Rampage and Vanderlei, uh, incredible atmosphere, man. It was just, it was like being there for the... You know, obviously the Japanese crowds back in, you know, Pride uh, around probably, what was it? It was after 25. I think it was 25 when uh, Rampage KO'd Randleman. And then, uh, you know, Vatterley jumps in there and they do their thing and made it anticipated. But the crowd feel, the anticipation, once they were in the ring, it was right there. So it was great. Was uh, and, and for the fans that didn't see it, Rampage ended up winning uh, by late second round uh, knockout in a, in a back and forth slugfest. Yeah, I mean, this was one that paid off. We've had a few uh, Legends fights or, or some of the old timers fight and fights didn't exactly live up to the hype. But um, this one, both guys came into the cage, didn't show any fear and really kind of, you know, although it was a little bit slower version of what we had seen, you know, obviously in their prime, they both... Uh, pretty much used the same game plan that made them successful their whole careers. So um, it made it fun to watch. Was the, uh, was the, was the arena a sellout by your estimation? You know, uh, I, I think we were into the prelims about the, the second fight in, I looked up and I noticed, man, this thing's 75% full and we haven't even got close to the main card yet. And I, w- I would say technically that would be a sellout. I think you always look up in the, in the cheap seats and the nosebleeds and you see that, Okay, there's a few up there, that's, but it's, but it sure felt like a sellout. So um, if it wasn't, it was darn close. And, it, and it, I'm sure under the technical category, it, it did. Uh, oh, yes, one it, thing on that, um, on that Rampage uh, Vanderlei fight, what, what I thought was real cool, kind of had an old Kimbo versus Tank moment where Wandy was kind of you know running around and Rampage steps back and he says, right here, let's do it. And everybody just felt that. Or like when he... Uh, you remember Kimbo uh, dropped his mouthpiece. He picks it up, hucks it into the crowd. The crowd goes wild. 
that's kind of what it felt like. But uh, yeah, I was I would say it's pretty close technically to a sellout. Awesome. And then um, obviously somebody we've watched fight a few times live uh, together at events, and this is the first fight of his career I've actually missed. Um, the Phenom Aaron Pico. Holy shit, man. I, I, you know, we talked about Mim maybe going a few rounds and, and getting some uh, cage time uh, with our show uh, last week or the week before. But, my God, his, his destruction of, uh, of uh, Higo was pretty, uh, was pretty rough. Uh, First-round knockout. Did you get a catch, chance to catch that one, Ed? We, we lost Yuri there. I'm sure he'll be jumping back in. Did you get a chance to catch the Pico fight? I saw the highlights of it, but, I mean, I mean you know, when we spoke last week uh... – I had him winning and um, I mean that kid's that that kid's definitely it's time for him to uh, it's we're talking about Aaron Pico Yuri now that you're back Uh, the uh, Aaron Pico win I mean that kid's definitely I I think that kid's ready to start facing some some uh, I mean well well Higo was kind of like the gateway to uh, like higher competition but he's definitely that kid's it's time for he pointed at uh, Pitbull actually right one of the Pitbull brothers he said uh, you're next or yelled at him or something like that yeah, he did. He's, uh, yeah, sorry. I lost you there for a minute. I'm technically uh, challenged, but, um, yeah, he pointed to, to Patricio and, and basically what he was telling him was it's, uh, you, your time is soon. Your time is soon. Yeah. And he's, he's being respectful and he's caught up in the heat of the moment, but, uh, that's, and that's what he kind of uh, said at the, the press conference. There was like, Hey, you know, you're, you know, much respect your pet ball. You've done what you've done, but it's time, you know, and it's my time. And, and that's kind of, I think how he felt. Um, that moment was uh, fantastic. Unfortunately, I wasn't sitting in the chair I was supposed to be at that moment. Mm-hmm. As sometimes we get up and go grab a beer, and which is what I did. But uh, uh, I came in just in time for Pico, and uh, well, I ran in. Everybody else kind of floating around. I said, "You guys are going to miss Aaron Pico. This guy's lightning." Just like Coker said right afterward, "This guy's lightning." And I think he put that out on Instagram or Twitter or something. But uh, that's what it's like—lightning in a bottle, and you uncork it, and this guy goes. And uh, man, you could just feel every punch. Um, man, what a moment! That that kid—it's something special. And uh, I know Matt—he's seen uh, four of the five now, so we're tied. <laughs> we're tied at something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was just amazing. And and you know what a test he go we thought would be. <laughs> It just turns out, I, I think when Aaron turns it up, it's it's kind of tough to tell who that challenge is going to be. Uh, I think that first one was a lightweight fight. And you can understand, uh, you know, the the jitters or, or whatever. But And actually, Matt and I had a kind of a, a bet going. What do you think is going to happen in his second fight? I said, uh, well, I think he's going to be tentative. He's going to kind of feel the ring out. And he might let it go three rounds. We might see his wrestling. Um, and, and he might do, but no, he came out like a firecracker and, and, and that's what he's done ever since. I already forgot that he wrestles. He's been knocking out so many dudes, you know what right. I mean? Like, like, it, like, I feel like, I feel like his opponents too are going to forget his wrestling pedigree. He keeps on going the way he's going. Cause that's the other thing too. He's got world-class wrestling. I mean, even if, even if something happens that somebody can actually, you know, slip enough of those strikes and, and avoid that power in exchange with him, he still has wrestling to fall back on, which is what everyone was expecting. I think Matt and I talked about it be, uh, a couple episodes ago, you know, how because he was a world-class wrestler, people were expecting that. And that's why he lost that first fight. But then he came out of nowhere and showed off his striking, his boxing, which people weren't expecting. And it looks like he's been putting everybody away, especially with the body shots, which, is, which is crazy for a young man like him. Yeah, he even went for a, a killer body shot, um, tried to finish it when he had he go up against the fence, kind of 
kind of reeling. He went for the body shot and it, it landed. It, it didn't drop him. Um, he eventually landed a, a, about a three punch combination that put him down. Well, you know, if, you, if you watch that fight, what's interesting is that, is that it looked like Higo was expecting a body shot because he carried his hand. And if you watch the, the, the finish, Higo was carrying his hands low, almost like he was trying to protect his body, and which is why Pico obviously went to the head. But I mean that, and which is, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do in striking. But it was just crazy how it's almost crazy how like like you know when someone's good at something when you know what they're going to do and they still do they still do it anyway. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's almost like a throwback. I mean, I've said it about Pico before about how he just seems like he's one of those special talents. But it's almost as if all of his opponents, you know, they hear they're going up against a wrestler. It, it kind of reminds me of the. Uh, the Victor Gracie, the old Vitor Belfort days where everybody kept hearing from Tank Abbott to Ferrazzo. And then he, he eventually, you know, when he really was quote unquote, Victor Gracie, he, uh, he fought a guy named John Hess, who was kind of a loud mouth against Brazilian Jiu Jitsu in, uh, one of the early super brawl events. And, uh, basically almost put Hess into a coma with a, with a knockout for the ages, but everybody just expected a, a, a jujitsu guy, you know, he came in with the Gracie's and, and all of a sudden he comes in, he's got this hand speed and this boxing ability. And it, it reminds me a lot about Pico, you know, I, uh, Vitor never really showed the ground game that we kind yeah, of been uh, promised. Rafael Lovato's uh, debut fight comes to mind too. Everybody talked about his jujitsu and he went and knocked the guy out with a crow cop head kick. Same, same kind of thing, <laughs> yeah. you know, but and Lovato is, is outstanding as well. But for somebody to be so young, I mean, we saw Vitor join the sport when he was, what, 18, 19 years old. Uh, Pico's, what, 20, 20, 21? I mean, he's right. He's somewhere right in that range. And It's you so know, much time to get better, and he's already so good. Like, he's he, it's he's going to, like, reach – he's going to, like, change f- his physical form, I think, at, at this point, the way he's evolving, kind of like Dragon Ball Z. Like, he's going to – like the Cell Saga. He's going to, like, become some sleek, bulletproof-looking – <laughs> purple and blue dude yeah i mean you know i i've seen some people kind of joking about it on twitter and and i started thinking about it but i've seen people talk you know how they want to see pico fight conor conor mcgregor and it, and initially right when you hear that you kind of think oh it's that's too much for pico it's you know and, and then you start thinking about it and from what you've seen from him <laughs> from what you've seen from pico it would be hard as hell to pick against him yeah i mean the speed and power he's shown you know, maybe it's because we haven't seen McGregor in the octagon in, in two years now. Yeah. Um, so you, well, we also still have to see how Pico handles uh, taking like a heavy sh- from a from a, an- another like solid striker. I mean, we're 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 really riding the high off of that win, but we still have to see him. Like, we got to see him fight somebody that 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 that's not like a well-known striker. You know, somebody that that's a legitimate like uh, knockout threat against him. Just to see, I mean, we got to see how he takes a punch. Is what I'm trying to say. We are, well, yeah. we know his his wrestling pedigree is good enough to help him, you know, like avoid takedowns, avoid submissions. Just his uh, mat awareness and body awareness will will uh, help him with there. It's it's against uh, uh, like elite level strikers that we got to see him against. So I mean, he still has a couple of fights before uh, a title shot is due. I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it might get to the point where they just got to give it to him. The uh, the amount of uh, hype behind him and and the way he's finishing opponents, it might be hard for Coker to keep him away from a title shot. Um, and you don't want to risk him losing to somebody that, you know, if he loses to Pitbull, it's no real harm. He comes back, he fights back. If he loses to somebody that that's a little bit more uh, borderline mediocre, um, it, it, it would definitely kill the, the hype train and, and the potential uh, money stream there. Well, what, and it doesn't matter to him either, because obviously he lost to, 
he lo- they hyped him for the fight with that uh freeman and in his first fight and uh he brushed that off like 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 nothing better than guys older than him do you know so i don't think it's going to matter to him he's got he's so young he's got so much time left to do and he's talking about trying out for the olympics again so we'll see what he does and you know one thing about pico too is that uh and you know when coker asked was asked about this in the post fight um you know, he, he thought about it and he says, you know, I don't think so. You know, you look at that record and it says three and one or it says four and one or whatever it is. But we know that, you know, when this kid was 12 years old, he's boxing the hell out of stuff. And people come in there and go, wow, this is the next guy. Then he goes on and does his golden gloves. But really, his passion since four years old has always been wrestling. So to Coker's point, he says this guy's already had 200, 300, 400 fights. Who knows? You know, the competition is there. And it's the same way when you're in Thailand or something like that. These guys got 300 fights. All of a sudden, they come in and, they, oh, this guy's only five and one. Next thing you know, he's mopping up the, the crew. So uh, Pico, I think, falls under that category. Um you know, it's it's a tough one again. Then we're getting into the AJ McKee Pico territory. Where what yeah. do we do? Uh, dad's dad's coach of both. You know, yeah. And uh, both of them are amazing. One's got a record with a, a loss. The other guy's undefeated. Um, McKee's sitting at what twelve and zero. And uh, then you got one who's a little bit bigger. You know, sitting at five ten. And then maybe Pico sitting at five foot seven. And uh, maybe one drops. Maybe one goes up and stays. It's a tough one, but I think both those guys uh, could get a title shot. And I asked, actually asked AJ about that. And uh, he says, you know, I, I got to put food on the table, man. I got to put food on the table, you know, and that's that's what you'll hear a lot of the time. Yeah, uh, that's what it comes down to, you know. Yeah, um, Pico seemed more, um, you know, kind of like the uh, like uh, like the respect to the camp and his dad. He kind of didn't answer or entertain it at the post fight press conference. He was just kind of yeah. like, you know, well cross that bridge when we get to it but you know his dad's my coach i train with him it's not something i even want to like think about right now very yeah, I respectful don't, yeah. i don't think it's one we need to rush the bellator's open to catch weight fights moving guys up and down um I, I i don't think they need to fight each other anytime soon right now maybe i mean i'm talking five years down the line maybe let's see them fight but uh you know if they're both 30 and one or something like that at that point. But right now there's plenty of competition. I, I don't think we, uh, Bellator should, should risk damaging one of their, uh, stars for that. Um, the event was loaded. Uh, we're obviously going to get into the, uh, the tournament, uh, which kicked off for the Walter weight. Um, I got to admit, I was wrong on my pick. I know Yuri was wrong on his pick. I can't remember who Ed picked exactly, but, um, for, uh, for, uh, it was, uh, Koroshuk. Who was it? It was Lima and, uh, Lima and Korshkov. Uh, yeah, Lima. I, I, I think I was wrong too because I picked Korshkov. Yeah, Lima uh, choked him out uh, in the fifth round, late in the fifth round by rear naked choke. Yeah. Um, in a fight, he pretty much dominated. I mean, it wasn't uh, the violent war that that maybe some of us saw coming up, but uh, he pretty much controlled the pace and and Korshkov really didn't didn't bring what uh, I know most of us uh, anticipated uh, that he'd bring to the cage. Um, Obviously obviously you're disappointed with that one, Yuri. Uh, How did you see that from the crowd? Yeah. You know, uh, and it's interesting when that first was going down, it was uh, Koroshkov came in like steel. I mean, you looked in his eyes and said, uh, this guy is looking at nobody else. So when he was up there on stage, you've got whoever's up there, you've got the card up there and Koroshkov looked at nobody else, just straight over to Lima hands clenched, the entire time, every introduction just out there. And I said, wow, this is scary. But then the fight happened. Mm. And uh, he comes out with that spinning kick. And next thing you know, he goes in for wrestling and uh, wants to pin him and, and do that with Lima. Lima's a strong guy. 
I don't know that that was the best thing to do. Um, I think that Korshkov is skilled enough to stay on the feet and uh, do what he's got to do there and at least entertain the crowd. crowd. But you know that there's that $1 million on the line. So he's over and over and over in his head. He doesn't want to make the mistake. He, he sits there and says, this is what my camp came up with. I think this is what I've got to do. I think there was a mistake made there, frankly. Yeah, I mean, Lima's one of those guys that people keep overlooking. I'm mean, myself included, guilty of doing it. I mean, we just we just look, forget the the fact that the guy, uh, you know, that the guy was uh held held the title and and defended it, and and you know, he's he's definitely. Uh, I mean, who he beat Lorenz Larkin? He beat uh, forget who else did he beat? Uh, uh, Lima beat Larkin. Uh, beat Korshkov. Yeah, so yeah, So it's just yeah. like sometimes when his name comes up in a in a in the main card bout, you know, you, people tend to look over over it because of who who, who the other guy is. I don't know why. Maybe it's because he doesn't he's, he doesn't market himself well. But uh, I think I think that's the only reason why. Because obviously, what he does in the fight is what matters and what counts. I think I so. Yeah, uh, Lima is. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say, you know, to, to Ed's point there. Um, I know I, I I stated it. I thought that these were probably the one and the two guys in the tournament. So in, in spite of Lima losing, I still thought at, at at worst he was the number two guy in this tournament. And um, when we get to the main event, I I, I still don't necessarily or I, you know I still can stand by that statement to a point. Um, you know, obviously Rory is is a different animal at 170 than what we saw at 185, but. Um, I, I still think that Lima and, and Korshkov are both the future of the of the 170 division, and and I think that they beat everybody else in the tournament, uh, possibly with the exception of of the champ himself, Rory McDonald. And I I think you you hit it on the head there because really, if you post fight Lima said that's a that's a tough guy. I could not make a mistake against him. If I did, I get knocked out. And uh, w- Lima is an incredible fighter. So those three right there, Rory and Andre. It could be around Robin for the next three years while you got guys like, uh, you know, Fitch or whoever wrestling, uh, Ed Ruth, uh, Neiman Gracie and other guys like that. Or you've got Semtex and MVP duking it out on the feet. But when when you're talking about well-rounded, it's Rory, it's Lima and it's Korskov in that division. And it's an incredible one. Hey, yeah, I mean, so, uh, sorry, but to then I, could, I could be wrong and, and the uh, MVP could go out and knock everybody out somehow. But you never know. <laughs> Yeah, no, you never. You, in tournaments, you really do never know. The um, one, I, I mean, this has nothing to do with the with the fight. Before we, we move on to the other one, I just wanted to ask really quick: when you when at the arena and stuff, were were they? I saw the logo and stuff on the cage or whatever. But as far as like when you walk in, were they doing anything to push uh, the zone on folks, like giving out promo codes, anything like that? Was anything being handed out? I didn't see any of that. Um, I saw kind of the zone emblem everywhere it was around the cages it's it was everywhere so it was bellator and dazon bellator dazon and that was the padding and that was was everything uh i didn't see a whole lot of flyers and and excess promotion other than that i feel like they should do something like that i feel like before that slips my mind um and we go on to the main event i need to ask one of the most important questions um we know gaston bolanos uh, opened the the main card with a ko win and he's another good prospect uh i know he's friends with gina carano was she in the arena <laughs> i did not see her uh i'm sure if she saw me she would have grabbed me and pulled me over to sit with her but uh 
No, I didn't. I didn't see her this time. Um, uh, if, if you didn't see her, then she wasn't there because she's not somebody you don't see. That's right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I got that out of the way. That was I had to make sure I cleared that up for for the MMA world. But um, that brings us to the main event, which was the super fight between 170 pound champion Roy McDonald um, and uh, the current uh, 185 pound middleweight champion Gegard Musashi. Um, I all you can really say is that. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody can question uh, Musashi's place in the in the grand scheme of of the world of MMA. I mean, he is he is quickly elevating himself into the top echelon um, that we've ever seen in the sport. Yeah, I, I agree, and I've felt that way about Musashi for a long time. You know, uh, he obviously him and uh, Fedor were on the same team for a while there, and. Um, they toured and uh, that broke up. Masasi went his way, went to Strike Force. Quest, uh, <laughs> questionable fights, to say the least, with uh, King Mo and uh, I believe it was Jar- Jardine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when when you're bringing talent into another organization, a lot of times they'll say, "Okay, well, this is Jardine right now. He's the name. So if he kind of does what he does, let's give the fight to him." And, and I felt that about that. But uh, Masasi is sitting in that place where he might be the most underrated goat candidate there has ever been. And I say that because he's been clean and he puts it in his contract that he wants other fighters to be clean. And and I don't have anything to say one way or another about steroids. It's the foundation of the industry, but he does not do it. Or at least that's the impression we get. Fedor never did. And so when you think about the guys who he's fought and lost to, maybe got busted Machida being one of those, um, you think that this guy, you just look at his resume. It's unreal. If he's taken out Mark Hunt, if he's taken out up and down, and it doesn't matter to him. You look at it, and and the guy is not, people don't want to fight Masasi unless there's a paycheck, a big one involved, and that's it. They look at the champ, and I think that's how Rory is. He'll fight anyone, any anytime. Great challenge for him. But I think Masasi is uh, kind of, Definitely spreading the field and, and letting um, the MMA world know where he might be all time. Um, and, and a lot of people haven't seen that. Um, and a lot of some of us have. I know this was the first time I believe you got to see him fight live. Is that correct? Yeah. And that was uh, I was really happy for that. Uh, it was something else. And uh, yeah, if you if you watch that replay, you'll see a hand come out, reach out onto the ramp. Just one. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, wow. I got it. So I got my two moments. I got uh, I got one from Fedor once and and one from Masasi. That was pretty neat. So I still need to go back and watch that on replay. But <laughs> it's it's funny you mentioned that nobody wants to fight Musashi except for a paycheck during the uh, the pre show or the the intro to the event. That's all that uh, John McCarthy and um, and Josh Thompson. And for some reason, it slips my mind who uh, was the other guy in the booth. But all they were talking about was, oh, it was Chael Sonnen. They were just all mentioning how you don't ask for Musashi. You only fight Musashi when Coker calls you up and goes, this is the fight you have. No, nobody, you know, and, and that's kind of always been the case. Uh, even in, in the UFC, nobody was, nobody was running. Um, you bring up the steroid thing. Machida, I guess, was cleared, but obviously there's still kind of an issue there. Um, I believe uh, King Mo tested positive at one point. Um, I know he was suspended. I, I believe it was for a steroid. Um, that's two of his six losses out of, what, 50, 56 fights, 57 fights. Um, you know, his list of, 
you know, he's got some legends on there. Gary Goodridge, you mentioned Mark Hunt, Dan Henderson, Vitor Belfort, you know, some guys older, but you know, he also took out a younger OSP, you know, he, he's, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine where he's at, you know, where he's going to end up. Uh, He was on a, I think a five fight winning streak when the UFC let him go. Um, And I, I think, you know, I think back and I can't really think of a, a bigger, you know, blunder in the, in the history of UFC, as far as letting a fighter go. Um, I mean, we thought it might've been Rory McDonald um, with the way that, you know, after Woodley kind of won the belt and was kind of wrecking the, the Walter White division, you, you know, you, you remember what uh, Rory did to him when they fought, but, um, but Musashi just seems like he, you know, he's had 50, like I said, 56, 57 career fights, but he seems like he's just in his prime right now. And um, I don't see anybody in Bellator beating him. And I don't know if I see anybody in UFC. I, 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 I think he'd have his way with Robert Whitaker personally. I, you know, I just, I don't see, I don't see anybody in the world right now that beats him at 185 pounds. You know, uh, yeah, no, there's no way I, I, you know, overall, cause I think, you know, styles make fights and sometimes there's that guy, but when you're looking at just kind of the scope of everything and you take everybody's skills, who beats the most people, Masasi is that guy. And uh, that, that's just the way I see it there. I agree with you totally. His weakness was always kind of his, his defensive wrestling. He would, he would get a little bit lazy and he'd, 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 he'd get taken down occasionally and, and kind of, you know, he would be striking from his back, but he would kind of take the, the disadvantaged position and it cost him in a couple of those fights. But it seems like he's improved his, his wrestling and he was always good at jujitsu, but he seems like his offensive jujitsu game now and everything is just so much better. And, um, I mean, you know, we never really got to the final, but he finished Rory in the second round with just vicious ground and pound after controlling him for the whole, you know, first round was a little bit of back and forth. Uh, Rory landed a, a couple decent shots, but um, once second round came and, and Musasi got him down to the ground and he just pulverized him, got mountain um, just through vicious, vicious ground and pound. And, and that's Musashi's done that, you know, from his fights with Babalu to Sokaju. I mean, it's, you know, I saw, I saw those fights at the SAP center there and, you know, it was the same kind of thing. Once he got the guy down on the ground, it was just lights out and, and there was no, you know, it, it's just, it's amazing where he's at. And, and I can't get over that the UFC let him go. And, you know, it's good for Bellator and it's good for their brand. And I mean, one could potentially argue that the UFC or Bellator has the best 170 and 185 pound fighter in the world right now, which is, which is quite yeah. a, you know, quite a, quite a statement to make uh, considering where, where we were at just, you know, four years ago or so. And not only that, uh, we can't forget that didn't Minikoff just sign a contract with Bellator? He's back. Um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you know, he's back. he's the uncrowned, obviously, or he, you know, he was the crowned. He walked away, um, but he's an undefeated heavyweight champion. And, you know, the UFC heavyweight division's a little bit in a little bit of flux right now. You know, obviously Cormier's the man, um, but he's he's up there in age. And at best, he's probably got one, maybe two more fights at heavyweight. Um, one against Lesnar, which isn't really a, a in anybody's top uh, heavyweight count, and the other one most likely would be uh, you know John Jones going up, who's who's never had a heavyweight fight. So yeah, I mean one could argue the heavyweight, and you throw Pico in that mix, and you got guys like Chandler, and I mean you and and you know Pitbull, you know Bellator's loaded right now. The depth, there's they need to keep adding that depth, but right now their top is you know if you had if you had all the champs of Bellator against all the champs of UFC, you know, three years ago, you would have been like 10 to one UFC. Now I think you'd be closer to, you know, 500, honestly. 
and and maybe better really you, you, you know you'll never know we we don't know but we know you know that uh, guys like Ben Henderson came over and boy he got you know he, everybody thinks because you know you walked in, into that octagon all of a sudden there's a magic uh, crown that comes over you and you are the you know part of the greatest in the world but we know that uh, that goes both ways you know, we, we think about pride, obviously, but, uh, you know, you never know. And uh, Benson Henderson came in there and got uh, scrubbed quick. Still an awesome fighter, still incredible. But he was one of those first to lead the charge out of the UFC and come over to Bellator. And um, yeah. and we've seen what what happened. I mean, now it's almost you forget to be part of the division almost just because there's so much so much of a, a fire firecrackers in every division. And uh, no, it's I agree. I think we're sitting at that point where. It's a solid fact that they are at least 500 head to head. Uh, Minikov has been lineal number one consensus for at least a couple of years. Uh, I know. I know a lot of people will look at the Czech Congo fight and go, "Hey, you know, is this guy really that good?" But he was, you know. And sometimes fighters fight up to who they're fighting to. And Masasi's been one of those guys in the past. But we know how good he is, and it's the same thing with Minikov. Yeah. So uh, before. Uh... Before we came on live, you sent me a, a text about some news uh, about the Bellator Heavyweight Grand Prix. You want to uh, you want to go ahead and tell our fans about that? Yeah, that's that's going to be exciting, especially for guys that live on the West Coast. Um, it it was announced. Scott Coker announced that uh, the the heavyweight champion will be crowned in Los Angeles in January. So uh, after this uh, this coming weekend, we'll, we've got a, another big fight, of course, that lightweights will probably talk about. Uh, the following weekend is that the Bellator heavyweight uh, semifinals in New York and Connecticut, I believe. I'll be at the- and then uh, the final will be in January in uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, that'll be January 26th at the Forum here uh, in LA. I, I'll be looking forward to ticket information and, and getting that out. But um, yeah, you take us right into our lightweight fight. Uh, this Saturday is the the mega fight between uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov and uh, and Conor McGregor, uh, really to crown the the king of the, uh, the lightweight division, um, man, uh, you know, let's hope it happens. Uh, I don't know if we've ever really had much. I know everybody kind of knows my picks. If you've listened to the show, I'm a, I'm a huge Khabib fan. And, uh, he's one of those people that I see that, uh, when I've seen him compete to seem like he was on another level than everybody. McGregor's right there though, too. I, I mean, uh, take away the Mendes first nine minutes of the Mendes fight, uh, what he did to Eddie Alvarez was, was uh, incredible. But um, what do you, what's your opinion on that fight, Ed? I know you, you've got some notes about the event. Uh, are you holding back your picks for this one or you got to no, pick no, for the fight? I was, I was holding them for, for today. I, uh, for the main event you're talking about with uh, Khabib and, and McGregor, you want me to go right to the, to uh, the you can, what do you, you go down the card? Let's, uh, let's see what our picks yeah, are. I, mean, I, I got a lot. Out. I got a lot. I mean, uh, obviously, that's the one. Uh, like you said, though, it's it's. I, somebody was texting me. One of my training partners actually was texting me, like, like, because he always asked me who I pick because I don't, I'm only like sixty five percent accurate or something like that with my picks. It's not. It's not a. It's not fa- very favorable, but it's good enough. You know, it's kind of like right there. So good he's always, from Vegas. <laughs> yeah. So he. So he. He was asking me, and uh, I told him, I said, okay. I'm leaning towards Khabib, obviously, for the every, all the reasons everyone else is saying. You know, the the, the wrestling, his his strength, um, his durability during a fight. Um, but that being said, I don't like I don't like what I'm seeing 
recent images of him are already causing me concern for the weekend. You know what I mean? Like, like he's, he, I, it might be just Matt burn, but he's looking very beat down. He, he's looking a little exhausted, which it's like, okay, if, if you've already beaten yourself up and you have to cut weight, I'm concerned, especially with his track record, if he's going to make it to Saturday. And here we are on Tuesday, you know, we're not going to find out till Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday morning, for that matter, if he gets rushed to the hospital again or something like that. So obviously, that's what we're—that's what everybody's worried about. Um, but I think if if he does make to the fight, I'm leaning. I'm I'm going to go Khabib, but it's like a slight lean towards Khabib. And then as far as technical analysis goes, as far as the way he fights, the way he fights, and the way I remember McGregor fighting in MMA, um, Khabib has to adjust his stance. I think he's got to raise his hands higher and tuck his chin a little lower if he's going to get off anything against McGregor. Because even if that, even if McGregor doesn't pack the power that everybody has blown up to market him, he can still knock him off balance. Because Eddie Alvarez, I believe, uh, commented on it when he lost. They actually just showed it when I when I walked in the door and I turned on my TV. They were showing that fight on uh, FS1 or MSG, and. Um, Alvarez got dropped the t- by surprise, not because he was super powerful, but the timing messed up his footwork and that made him fall. Um, so that with if that happens enough times, especially in Vegas, which is kind of McGregor's town here in the U.S., then um, I don't see things going well for Khabib. So I, I have my concerns, but I'm going to lean. I'm going. I'm going Khabib. That's what. That. Yeah. What, what's your take, Yuri? Yeah, I think I mean you're pretty much right on there. Um, I don't know about the the pre-fight. I haven't been watching too much um, reaction. I see some kind of you know that TMZ sports stuff. I don't follow that too too heavily. Um, but boy, you get the feeling this 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 is such a big money fight. Boy, it would be pretty stupid to mess this up, not make weight, not really think your way into it. And I know some there are some other factors, of course, we know about that uh, you know that are personal. Yeah, uh, for them that, that can lead to that, but. Uh, you know, it, it's a possibility. You, the thing about Conor McGregor is uh, a year ago, he takes this fight. He doesn't have a chance. And I think he knows that there's that possibility. And uh, he's lost a few fights. Khabib has not. But uh, the thing with Conor is that if he sees that there is something that he needs to work on, he's going to take that year off. And he, secretly, he's going to, you know, have a team like you know, he paid to, just to come out with a decision over Nate Diaz. He pays a, a camp $300,000. He's going to come out and he's done his homework for Khabib. Is it enough? I don't know that it is. If they both come in at their best, um, I think Khabib somehow finds a way to get the guy down like almost everybody else. He's got an yeah. unblemished record. And uh, once it hits the ground, I don't know if Connor gets back up. Yeah. It could end him in the first. Um <laughs> Or it could be something where, you know, there's a lot of faints on Khabib's part. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden you see a head kick because he faints him down. And he doesn't want to get taken down. You see a head kick, Rock Connor. Yeah. Um, something like that could happen. Obviously, Connor, you know, Khabib doesn't live in fear of Connor's takedowns. And so yeah, that's something yeah. that could happen. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Connor's timing is uh, impeccable. Um, it doesn't get better. So it's one of those things where, um, you know, it is a 50-50 if Connor does what Connor does. You still lean 60-40, Khabib, though, in that fight. Yeah, that's the way I, I kind of see it. I, you know, I, I feel like you said if, if both show up on their game, um, I'll, I'll take the wrestler over the striker. Um, 
just just how how I've seen the sport um, in my time watching it, and you know it doesn't always go that way, but uh, that's where my money would would go. So um, the, the the one thing that's really that the the most important part, if we get to the fight and the bell rings and we get to the first round, I think the 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 most the, the most concerning time for 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 Khabib is going to be the, the earliest part the the or the entire first round. You know, like the like like is he gonna try to feel him out and is he gonna make the mistake that where Connor can slip that that straight left in that that he's well known for. But um I think if, if the if it goes past the first round, then it's all Khabib. Yeah, I I, I don't know. That's I mean that's interesting because you know, most people would say that, you know, guys like Ayakenta and stuff lasted where they you know and that was what they held against Khabib was that the the fight went on and it seemed like he lost his his ability to take downs where it looked to me like he just kind of wanted to work on his striking and prove that he could yeah he could kind of stand there I mean but um, but that's a hard that's a hard fight to use for reference only because it was the last minute change they didn't prepare for each other you know what I mean like like there's, that's there's, true. there's things there's things that that factor into why that went the way it did and I is a I is a tough fight for anybody you know, like I, I've I've said it before in other episodes, I've been watching him since I've been watching him fight since he fought amateurs here in Jersey, at the Rawway Rec Center, uh, Combat in the Cage, and all the uh, Shady Ed Sue promotions. So it's like, you know, he uh he's he's a he's a he's a tough one for anybody. And um, McGregor tried to use that as re- his reference to say that he's not that he's not that uh, Khabib is not at his level, um, but uh, you know. You know, you got to take that into account, I and mean, and the fact that he still dominated, and Iakinta took it, and, and even had his moments too in that fight. But you know, with all the craziness that went on that week, I don't, I think, I don't think that's a fight that people should be referencing too much, other than giving Iakinta some credit for lasting five rounds with a with a monster like Khabib. Well, I yeah. mean, yeah, that's a valid point. If there's an exact replay of that fight, let's say with Connor, Connor doesn't survive on the ground like no. Iakinta did, in my opinion. Yeah, he, he's he's getting arm lock, you know, commered or, or choked out or, or El- uh, elbow to death. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't yeah. think his defense will be good enough. And you know, the, the one thing you could probably say about Connor is that when times get tough on him, especially on the ground, he's not, um, he hasn't shown the uh, ability necessarily to, to overcome the adversity and, and fight back from a, a disadvantage. I mean, um, he does, he does drill escapes really well. I mean, if you look at when he, when he went against Chad Mendez, I mean the the guillotine escape he he pulls off three or four times. You could tell that he it, it's so when he drills for things he's worried about, you see it works really well. Even against Nate Diaz, um, I forget if it's the first or second fight where he does the single single leg X guard to the ankle pick to sweep Nate and and stand up, and it happens at the end of end of of the round that it happens in. My memory's fuzzy, but he does he does some nice things. That you can tell he drills a lot for it, and I think that'll that'll help him again early. But if if it, if it drags on, like like you know, if it, fatigue makes him you know fatigue makes him like what does he what does he call it saying uh, at the Mayweather when he talked about the Mayweather stoppage? I get a floaty or loopy or whatever the hell he said. But yeah, you can see that happen on the ground too. Yeah, and and you mentioned the fight in Vegas. Um, anybody who's really talk to me about MMA knows I'm not a huge fan of Herb Dean and he was named the, uh, the referee for this fight. Um, he's not one of the, the referees that I would want uh refereeing a big fight if I had my, my way with it. But um, I, I hope he doesn't 
see Khabib get hit, you know, uh, you know, a situation where he's going for a takedown. I just, I don't trust uh, Herb Dean not to stop the fight um, with, with Connor fighting in some kind of premature uh, action. I, really? I, just... I, I find him to be a, a, a good ref. I don't, he's not like freaking uh, Yamasaki or, or. Uh, did you see the fight with CB Dalloway a couple weeks ago? No, no, I, I know. It, yeah, I, I saw the highlights, but that nah, that one was questionable. But it's not like it's not like he's got a record of doing it. He's not like all like you know. He's not flat out daydreaming in the middle of a fight like Yamasaki. I see. Does. I think he is. I think he's so lackadaisical. He even this past weekend, I guess it was the Bellas. I don't know. I watched a lot of fights, but um, he, you know, he doesn't he doesn't take the initiative to step in. Um, he's always kind of stepping back uh, to avoid getting hit himself instead of breaking up a fight. Uh, That's Joe Diesel Riggs' fault, by the way. <laughs> did he hit him? Well, didn't they fight? Oh, I think they did fight in King of the Cage, but yeah. <laughs> um, Gladiator Challenger, one of those uh, back in the day. But, yeah, I just don't know. I mean, I hit the, what he did to CB Dalloway was worse than anything I've ever seen uh, Yamasaki do. I don't know if I saw anything Mazagati did worse. Um, Kim Winslow had the fight with uh, Cyborg and uh, Jan Finney. That was obviously that was the only fight I can think of in my mind that was anything as bad. Who's as that other as... horrible ref from Invicta? That uh, Mike England. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's some guys that are just bad refs yeah. who don't necessarily know what they're doing. I don't know. I, I wouldn't I, put Herb, I just, Herb Dean in those categories. I think Herb Dean gets a lot of love because he's in the video game and he's been around a long time. I, I think if if you actually looked at some of his fights that he stopped and 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 the, the I don't mind if you stop fights early I don't mind if you stop them late but one week don't fight us don't stop a fight really early and then the next fight on the card or later that week and stop a fight eighty five punches late be a little be bit consistent, consistent. exactly <laughs> let the fighters know what they're in for you know um we're going into this you know the Fedor fight uh, was he the ref for Fedor and uh, Dan Henderson. Yes, he was. I I was there. You know, and 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 we can argue that fight back and forth, but you I, know, yeah, I'll, I'll say that right now that that was a good stoppage. Back then, I said, look, I traveled two thousand miles for this terrible stoppage. But, <laughs> you know, and well, the you, other you thing can, that we have to take into account of, I think, is um, how much love he's always Herb has always got from Dana White. Dana praises somebody, all of a sudden they're amazing, and they have to do pretty bad to uh, get off that list. But um, let's let's say Khabib does to Connor, what Henderson did to Fedor. What do you think the reaction of Dana White is on Saturday night? You know, you're already talking about your, why you're, 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 (laughs) you got to remove your, yourself from the conversation now because you're, you just admitted why you have your gripe with him, and it has something to do with your no, 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 with with your favorite sweater wearing Russian. So, hey, 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 listen, Oh, I didn't shout out. It. Happy birthday to Fedor a couple days ago. That's not, <laughs> go ahead. Go. Yeah, I just, I, you know, his inconsistency is my thing. You stop that Fedor fight, you got to see the Dalloway fight. You got You can't just watch the, the 10 minute clip or 10 second clip of it. You got to watch the minute and a half just bludgeoning that he stands over and watches. The round ends and he still doesn't stop the fight <laughs> and he right. starts he starts criticizing Dalloway for not getting up off the ground while he's yeah. basically in a coma and tells him he's going to stop the fight if he doesn't get up to his stool. I mean, it, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was probably the worst stoppage I've ever seen in the UFC. And uh, I just think he didn't, I don't think he got enough. Uh, uh, I think there should have been more said about it. 
I, I don't think he should be ref in this fight. I, I, you know, listen. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just where I'm at. I've, yeah, I haven't been a fan of him for a while. I don't, I don't yeah, think no he's. Shit. You know, <laughs> I, yeah, I know, I know. I just figured, you know, we're about ready to get into you bitching about UFC yeah. 230's main event, and you get to go watch Fedor fight live next. Well, week. I'm not, I'm not gonna. No. <laughs> I don't know if we're gonna have time for that. The way you've been rambling on about Barb Dean. Oh uh, well. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm getting the New Yorker out of me. I got to complain about something. You got to so, hold it for when you're here. <laughs> so, so anyways with all that said uh obviously let's do the quick uh rundown of, of the card and get our quick picks in um i know uh, the co-main event anthony pettis uh against uh, tony ferguson i know yuri you believe ferguson is the is the true lightweight champion so i'm assuming you're picking him is is that where you're at yeah I, that, that's a tough one you know coming off an injury like that and then getting fed a, a hot anthony pettis um, <laughs> not an easy comeback fight uh, but I certainly believe Tony's uh, the, the most well-rounded in the division. Um, and, and the true lightweight championship isn't happening. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think you've got to pick Tony. I think his mind is on another level. It kind of reminds me of how Showtime was back in the day when he was hot. And they were pumping him up and they had his specials. Um, but Tony just, man, they, well, I said that about Korskov too. <laughs> Oops. But uh, Tony, boy, when you look in his eyes, you look at his training, he's kicking banana trees, whatever the heck he's doing. Uh, the man's mind is, is on championship level. And uh, even coming through adversity, being the age he is, um, I think he takes that fight. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's going to be good. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say Anthony Pettis wins by decision. I'm curious to see how his kicks go. I'm curious to see how – how uh, uh, Ferguson's able to react uh, maybe to some trauma to his leg. Um, you know, you coming off an injury like that, it wouldn't be unheard of to see somebody have an off fight. And, um, you know, I, I think Ferguson's the better fighter. But like you said, this is the Pettis you probably don't want to be fighting right now, um, other than the one we saw right. about half a decade ago in, in WEC. Um, he seems to have come into his own in, in this weight class now and, and, uh, and, and just – got all over got over all of his injuries and and seems to be really uh at the top of his game again so i'm gonna go out on a limb i wouldn't put money on it but i'm gonna go out on a limb and and take pettis by uh by decision that makes it fun yeah yeah no i'm 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 going ferguson too only because uh uh, i i I see the same thing yuri sees i i see him focused um i've seen his training footage with him back i don't think he's concerned about his knee does that change if a leg kick comes a little close to it? Maybe we'll we'll have to see it during the fight. Excuse me, but I don't think that's enough to uh, for me to pick against him. So I'm going Ferguson. Then uh, what else we got on the uh, we got OSP Dominic Reyes uh, should be a solid fight. Um, Reyes is kind of the up and comer against the kind of the light heavyweight gatekeeper right now. OSP. Um, I'll go with the youngster Reyes. Um, I, I think that he might just be the uh, one of the next uh, big things at the light heavyweight division in, in such a shallow pool at this point. Yeah, that's a rough one. Uh, I'm looking at my notes because, um, because like you said, Reyes is like an up and coming killer. The only thing I'll say for, for uh, OSP is uh, his submission offense seems to have improved in uh, more recent fights. So I don't know if that's enough to, um, I don't know if that's enough to be a threat to Reyes, but, uh, you know, it, it's uh, I'm, I have a, I have his name written with a question mark 
I'm leaning towards Reyes, obviously, because uh, because of the the win streak he's been on, and uh, that's where I'll leave that. Yeah, I, on that one, Yuri? I don't have anything on that one because uh, Yuri doesn't have any notes, and <laughs> I don't know as much about Reyes as I probably ought to. OSP, of course, he's been around a while and a uh, gritty veteran, all that, big, strong. Um, you know, he might be at that point where, boy, it's a must-win for OSP to go anywhere ever again. I don't think if he loses this fight, he's going to come anywhere near title shot anytime soon. So that's what I, I could, that's the input I have on it. Not so much Dominic. Uh, I'll have to brush up after the show. Yeah, no worries. Um, a, a fight that you're well familiar with both of the guys, uh, former Bellator heavyweight champion and uh, one of the top contenders now in UFC, uh, Alexander Volkov um, goes up against the black beast, uh, Derek Lewis, who's coming off a lackadaisical win against uh, Nagano at, uh, at UFC 226 in July. Um, I'm sure you have something to say about this. I know, I know you're well familiar with Volkov. Yeah, Volkov is uh, he's a crafty guy. Um, you know, I'm gonna and I'm gonna go out on a limb on this one and say that uh, it's not just Nagano that feels bad about that last fight, but the beast as well. Yeah. And he might just come out and crush Volkov. I think he does want to make a statement. Um, you know, sometimes the better fighter doesn't always win. This may be one of those times. It's funny you met, you say that because I'm kind of I kind of feel the same way. I feel like this is a fight. You know, Volkov probably should be fighting for the for the championship right now, and. Um, I, I just I have a feeling that it might be something where he takes the fight a little lightly and he walks into a strong right hand and um, and and just gets just gets blasted. Um, again, I, I think Volkov is is uh, head and shoulders above uh, Lewis as far as MMA skill and and uh, I think his ceiling. I think he'll eventually be a, a UFC title contender uh, if not champion. But um, like you said, I have a kind of a feeling about about Lewis uh, redeeming himself and and uh, kind of kind of fighting up to his competition in this one uh, where he didn't necessarily do it in the last fight, although he got the win. Yeah, I mean, I'm going Volkov on this one too, only only because um, – so Lewis, Lewis has a back issue that, that he keeps saying is resolved, but then he references it again, you know, Every time. after – Yeah, after the, after the fight. And he's, and, uh, and he's a heavyweight. He's got a lot of power. He's obviously at the top level in the UFC – but he he's still not in in the shape that Volkov is in. I, I think Volkov can if he doesn't finish him like he's finished. How I forget how many uh, what did I write here? He's on a five fight win streak. He's twenty twenty out of his thirty wins are by knockout or TKO. So if uh, if he doesn't if he doesn't finish uh, Lewis, I think he can get a dis- pull off a decision and, and outwork Lewis. Especially you know again that's uh, uh, the fight week. Anything can happen with the UFC lately. So. If Lewis, if Lewis can get out of bed and 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 not have the back issue or have any any tinge back issues at all during a fight, then I th- I think uh, the fight happens. But I I'm, I think Volkov can still win. And then uh, the the events opened with uh, Karate Hottie, Michelle Waterson and uh, Phillies Herrig. Um, I don't know who wins the fight, but I'm not picking against Karate Hottie. Um, so that's just where I'm at with that. I'll take Michelle Watterson, uh, by decision in this fight. Actually, uh, yeah, Felice has come along and, uh, she's, she's great to watch too, but, uh, I wouldn't want to upset anybody on the forum 
I would say <laughs> that, uh, yeah, I'm going to pick Karate Hottie because Karate Hottie. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to call that one. Like you said, I mean, I'm looking at my notes. That's actually the one I wrote the most on. Um, cause, uh, even though like Karate Hottie, so Watterson's got a lot of, I'm not going to keep calling her Karate Hottie cause that's not her goddamn name. But, uh, <laughs> uh, Watterson's, uh, um, so, so she's obviously shown susceptibility to submission, but she's also got sub, sub, submission wins to her record. She's got a lot of wins by decision too. So it looks like I think I, I think I'm leaning towards her simply because I feel like she can outwork Herrig. Herrig's no slouch. She's gotten better, but I don't know if she's gotten good enough to beat to beat a, a former champion. You know, because she held uh, Waterson was a champion Invicta. I don't know. I don't know if she's got enough uh, evolution to to beat her, but uh, we'll see. I mean, everybody changes. She's improved, but uh, Waterson uh, Waterson has shown. Um, you know, like she's she's she have she hasn't been having the best time in the UFC, but I think she's got enough to uh, as far as fights go. She's obviously getting promoted the hell out of her because she's fine. But um, yeah, I I think uh, I'm leaning towards Waterson only because I I, I think she's got more. Uh, She's got more wits about her to to at least pull off a decision. Yeah, you've got all your notes. My notes are usually in gift form when it comes to uh, Michelle <laughs> Watterson. Not not a lot of words. <laughs> um, so, uh, with that said, uh, we've been talking for what seems like forty five decades now about the potential main event for Madison Square Garden, which is now only uh, thirty one days away. And uh, the UFC dropped a little bit of a bomb. Did, did on I tell us. you I'm not going? Did I tell you I'm not going anymore? <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we got uh, the fight that nobody expected and doesn't seem like really anybody wanted. Uh, and Tony uh, Valentina Shevchenko against uh, Sajara Eubanks um, for the inaug- well, not the inaugural, but for the vacant uh, uh, flyweight. Uh, title uh female flyweight title so you know obviously it's a disappointment the the whole main card is pretty stacked we've talked about it from diaz and poirier down to jacare branch uh weidman romero or weidman uh rockholt uh and, and brunson adesanya uh so you know I, I don't think anybody can really argue about the main card i said it's about a b plus card in my opinion um the order of the fights to me has never been all that relevant um, as long as nobody drops off, I'm I'm happy considering the ticket prices that you know someone's going to drop off. It's New York, it's the UFC. We're, I mean, we're going to lose a fight before Friday. <laughs> <It's positive. laughs> uh, I know it's what I get. For we traveling. already lost one. We lost Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley got pulled for the for smoking weed or whatever the fuck he did. That, uh, that's because John Jones snitched on him. You you East Coast yeah. snitches are going in here <laughs> snitching on Sean O'Malley. He got pulled from this weekend's card. He was supposed to be. That's gone. what I'm talking about. Like it, like we <sighs> UFC can't go full cards without nothing. No fights getting lost when it comes to pay per view. Yeah. So yeah, well, so we're we're gonna that that UFC 230 is gonna get a shot. People complaining about the main event. We'll be happy that we have that when we lose like five fights because the commission sees somebody needs fucking chapstick or whatever the fuck is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. I don't think it's a terrible fight. It's not a main event worthy fight. Yeah, Um, Yeah, that needs to be that needs to be said. Like like people are shitting all over Sajara Eubanks and Valentina Shevchenko. It's not these. It's not these ladies, people. It's 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 the promotion throwing throwing a fight because they feel like the title fight has to headline the Garden. That's not the one though. I mean, uh, people, uh, the, the one that should have been the 165 with Diaz and Poirier, 
regardless if they deserve it or not. I mean, having them as a main event would have just brought fire to the garden again. But now you got these two ladies with all this uh, extra responsibility. Shame on you. So I've heard a little bit about this. Are we saying that? So now Valentina Shevchenko and Eubanks, they're the headline? They're the, they're yeah. the headline right now, uh, apparently for Madison Square Garden. Uh, <clears throat> most people, most people are just uh, are not happy because Shevchenko was scheduled to fight Joanna yeah. uh, uh, at, yeah. at, at one at two thirty one yeah. uh, about a month later. Um, I, I might catch some heat for this, but I actually think that this fight's a better fight. I don't think it's the entertaining fight that that Joanna and and Valentina would be, but I think stylistically and, and yeah, it's more competitive. Uh, and, and and Eubanks is a tough woman. I mean, she was she was supposed to fight for the title when they first had it, you know. And but the problem is the reason why people are are, are giving her especially so much crap is because she had issues during her season of the Ultimate Fighter making weight, and she had issues. Obviously, she got she couldn't make it to to the fight for that inaugural flyweight title. But I mean, she's she's still like she's a military. I think she's a former military veteran. She's a tough woman. Yeah. Um, She's not. She's not somebody that that. I mean, she obviously wants it. So, I mean, yeah, I I I think it's a good fight, like you said, Matt. But it's still fucking like I'm telling you, like when you come to you, when you come to Madison Square Garden, you can't bring no light shit. You got to come with some fucking. I mean, flyweight. The flyweight division is not is hasn't been popular even when, even when Demetrius Johnson was the king of the flies. It still was a hard push to sell for tickets and pay per view buys and things like that. So you can't come with you can't come with that to the garden. You. you you need the big boys up up on top. I, yeah, I, 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 I don't think I don't think Diaz Emporier sells out that arena either. It, you know, most people that I I saw on Twitter and when tickets went on sale, UFC sent out a banner that had that fight and then the the Weidman Rockhold fight, and most people thought that that Diaz and and uh, Poirier were main eventing it. Um, there was thousands of comments on Twitter about, oh, you know, they are the main event's already set. Look what UFC sent me. I bought my tickets, and if, if somebody who's deep into ticket sales and event sales and stuff the, the right now there's thousands and thousands of seats available. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, and, and I don't, I don't think it's going to pick up, but I had, had, had the people of, of New York and the East coast bought tickets when they thought that, you know, when that was the fight, that was kind of a possibility. I think it could have been promoted. Yeah. I cost think of the- living is very expensive around here. We don't like throwing our money around like that. We need to know things before we spend yeah, money. The, 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 the ticket prices were, were beyond reasonable. Probably the cheapest UFC event I've seen that's not a fight night in in uh, in cheap for the Garden. No, cheap for any UFC. Yeah. The top the top yeah. ticket price was four hundred like, like was four hundred six dollars. You yeah. could you could have sat fifth row for this event for four hundred bucks. I, I you know and the fights are still scheduled to go down. People wanted five rounds with Diaz and Poirier. We're going to still get three rounds of that. We still get, uh, like I mentioned, the wide men. And, you know, it's, it's just, you know, it's it's the UFC has it. I'm glad they didn't create a 165-pound division. I don't think we need another title. I don't think we need another potential interim title. Uh, Diaz is great to watch. Yeah, the, the interim I, thing would have pissed me off even more. I don't think I don't think Diaz deserves a title shot. Um, he's great to watch. But, um, you know, people are going after Eubanks for, for being technically 1-0 in the UFC. Yeah. They're they're discounting her her wins on the Ultimate Fighter where yeah. she beat Deanna Bennett and um, yeah actually, that's, and that's, I think she beat Lauren Murphy on the show as well yeah, or, or, that, or she beat that, Lauren Murphy outside of, or in her one fight but that, that, know, that's what I take issue with though like 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 don't don't shit on the poor woman because they she she it's not like she she 
it's not something that she made happen. It's it's the promotion doing it. Yeah. You know, and she's and she's a legit. She's a solid fighter. I mean, she would have fought for the title the first time. So like like let her let her have her chance. Yeah. Well, now know? with that said, she better make weight. If she doesn't make weight, I I, I send her shipping off to uh to fight Gabby Garcia or something in in. <laughs> you know. You know. That's um, punishment. You know. So I I think she's got to know that. So. uh I don't I'm know. Sure she does know it. I mean, is she because she's already she's been pretty active on uh, on social media defending the decision and things like that. And I'm just kind of like uh, I'm trying to get to it. She's got something out here. Yeah, she, she's uh, yeah. You said my word. I will make way. Yeah, she said she's making promises on on like she she's she wants she knows the weight issue is a thing with the fans, and she's letting she's letting us know she's she has full intention of making the weight. So, yeah. No, I I, I think she long. will. I, I think it'll be a good fight. It'll just be a it'll be a a down way to end the night, especially if Diaz and Poirier turns out to be fireworks. Um, right right up to that. So, you know, people like you can get on your trains and head back to Brooklyn or Long Island, <laughs> or Staten Island, and and uh, you know, others can stay around and watch and watch the championship fight. But yeah, it's obviously a disappointment. We talked about everything from from Brock. Cormier to Jones Cormier to you know all these incredible fights and when the ticket prices came out we knew uh and again we got to say I mean I haven't seen the because it didn't the UFC hasn't put anything out official this is Alpha Breck Bre- Okamoto confirming it but at ESPN but like that we haven't seen the poster and stuff like like can they still change it are they going to still try to change it well there never there never was a real poster it was this yeah. their generic banner um, you bring that up though. Cause I jokingly said with, with one of my buddies earlier, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they make the poster, you know, it, with the, yeah. all the talent on the card, it'd be pretty shocking to have their typical cookie cutter, you know, you can, you know, event poster where it's, uh, you know, the two girls faces when you have, you know, former champions and, yeah. you know, living legends fighting on the card. And, uh, you know, so I'm hoping that they just kind of promote the whole card and um, that they just kind of added this fight just to give them their fifth fight for the main card. It gives a female fight to the card. There was zero female fights. So it eliminates that uh, eventual bitching by somebody that there's not a, a female fight uh, on, a, on, a, on a fight card in Madison Square Garden. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. If it's, it's UFC might feel strong arm, might change it. I don't know why they don't make it the co-main event. I don't know why they just don't offer Diaz Poirier the main event spot in a non-title five-round uh, number one contendership fight. Um, it, it could be all promoted the same way. The UFC's had events where they promoted the whole card. It doesn't necessarily have to be a single fight. Um, okay. You know, I, th- I I think back to like, you know, I think it was like UFC 73 or 77 or some of those where you had the fight posters where it was everybody was on the card. It was, you know, it was, uh, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to, to remember the exact card, but, you know, there was, there was events like that. And, uh, that's how I'd like to see it promoted. They hopefully they put out a poster with everybody's face on it, and uh, and they just that's how they go about it. But you know, not what we expected. Hopefully, the rest of the card holds, and uh, I'm still glad that I can I can sleep at night knowing that uh, I'm not taking a group of nine people across country uh, for an event <laughs> that 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 could be canceled. I was uh, you know seeing stuff on Twitter about hey, just cancel the event. And, uh, <laughs> I was telling Ed I was about ready to walk away from this sport if <laughs> if they canceled it on my birthday uh, with the amount of money I've got a group spending to 
to travel across. Well, countries. yeah, I mean, I was even just like, I don't even want to go anymore. I'll watch it at a fucking bar at this point. But I mean, it's still yeah. like you said that the undercard, like the Weidman Rockhold, uh, Poirier Diaz, uh, Branches, and and Jacare, like there's the 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 card as a whole is solid and good enough to watch. And I think it's still, uh, I mean, after after calming myself the fuck down, I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Let let let's calm down and 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 remember, you know, th- this is something that couldn't happen in New York, you know, before 2016. So so let's let's be happy at what we're getting before somebody else decides to ban the goddamn sport again. Yeah, and, I, and I'll bet you a beer it's not worth it, worse than 208. You sat through that debacle of an event. You can uh, that whole card MMA and Barclays ever again. Yeah. So uh, awesome. Well. uh you know, we're going to wrap up the show here. I uh, I told a member of the MMA community I'd give him a shout-out, so I'm going to do it now. Uh, uh, Dat Pre, Holly Holm, Rhonda Money, uh, the MMA genius from the MMAcommunity.com. Promised him a shout-out, so so there That's it is. That's brother. person's name? Dat Pre, <laughs> Rhonda, Rhonda Money. So, uh, yeah, I, I jokingly told him I'd give him a shout-out, so, so there that is. Uh, as usual, fans can follow us at Combat Hour on Twitter. Myself at MMA Hawk Twenty One on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Ed at Carbazal on Twitter at Carbeerzal on Instagram. Although I haven't seen a lot of posts lately from you on Instagram. I might delete that off my phone. <laughs> uh, Yuri, you want to? Uh, you want to? I know everybody can find you at Spark Yuri on uh, on the MMA Community forum uh, for plenty of uh, opinionated. Uh, talk uh you want to throw throw out your uh your uh twitter handle or anything else same thing uh at at spark awesome and uh all right well thanks for joining us man good uh good talking with a couple of my good uh good mma friends here and uh you know i think we i think we brought some knowledge and uh it was nice to talk to you about being at the the big bellator event over the weekend so thanks for joining us you bet thank you awesome have a good one ed keep an eye on your blood pressure brother yeah, I will. I will. Good to see you, Ed. All right, good meeting you, man. See you.